Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Midgley, Caputi, Adams, Stewart, Wolf, and Hagen Gruber. Let's get radical about philosophy. glad you tuned into Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today I'm speaking with Kyla Brittle about sound and climate. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Could you give us some background information about yourself? Okay, sure. Um, So my background's really in music and literature and then I sort of after that I stumbled into documentary and documentary filmmaking and then I wound my way into journalism and was at Radio National for a while and and that was fantastic and then I sort of found myself at um, RMIT uh, teaching television and radio and I I sort of sat on that cosy nest for quite some time and, and then I went off and had kids. And um, and fell in love, and we fell in love with a little stone cottage in rural Victoria. And uh, yeah, one thing leads to another, and we had a couple of kids, and I, I, I ducked out of the whole sort of scene and started making dry stone walls and baking bread. Um, but now I'm my youngest has started school, so I'm 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 getting back into the swing of things. Oh, that's great! So, what is sound and climate? Well, sound and climate are really two things I feel very passionate about and driven to look at deeply. It reminds me of a, a beautiful quote from Colette, which is, look long at the things for that please you and longer than at the things that don't. Um, in terms of sound, so, it, it you know, my I, I started in music and then I went into radio and I fell into a little patch of radio called Radio Features, which is really very much about making kind of like audio films. So very layered and, you know, rich kind of storytelling. And I fell in love with the sorts of stories that you can tell in sound that you can't tell in any other medium. Um, and, and through my work, I was really exploring that um, in quite a bit of depth and I guess climate, it's, um, well, it's really, you know, it's really the issue of our time and it's, you don't really want to call it an issue because it makes it seem like a small thing that doesn't actually permeate every aspect of our lives. And I feel everybody's really behoven to do what's within their capacity about climate because the situation is so deeply dire. So from my perspective, um, you know, having all this knowledge and love of sound and feeling that I really needed to do something about climate, that this was about pulling together my my skills and my my passion and um and trying to to do something with that. And I think there are there are strong synergies about how sound and climate can kind of talk to one another. So what was it that you've partly answered this, but what was it that got you interested in sound and climate? Um, well, 
I think um, it, it was beyond beyond thinking about what can I do and, and this is what I'm good at and, and can I contribute something in this space. But I think there are, there are ways that sound can deal with climate and express our climate issues in, in, very, in a very special way. So, for example, voice is, an, is, is, is a core texture, texture of uh, sound work um, and it's not just the words we use but it's the way we use our voices and voice is a very kind of physical embodiment of a person but voice is also about our political voice. It refers to us, um, you know, as individuals but also as a collective and by sound really you know, sound work really prioritising the voice, um, I think it really has a part to play within climate debates and thinking about, um, you know, our voice and, and, you know, where we're going in in terms of climate. The other deep link, I think, between sound and climate is that sound sound work is so much about listening and... um, you, you know, I, we were speaking earlier about early forms of radio theory, which used to think about, you know, what, what is the meaning of sound and how do we understand sound? And early ways of understanding sound were really about, well, one way was thinking sound is, is blind. So it's like a, it's a medium without um, this sort of core sense and everything about sound is, is trying to kind of make up for this absence of vision. Um, and that didn't really strike me as, as meaning very much because I feel like work with something very whole and very real. And the other side of theory, which was trying to, you know, take a softer view of thinking about sound has its power because it's invisible, because we can't kind of touch it or feel it and it has this enveloping kind of magical sense. But I also don't really feel this this magical element really expresses what sound is because I think, through sound, what we're doing is listening. And when we're listening, we're not talking. And, and listening is a gift that we give to someone else or, or something else. And it's about so much about being really present in the moment and trying to empathize with someone else or empathize with that speaker. And so I think there's something really powerful about thinking about how do we use listening as as a force for or as a power or as a as a, as a tool for for understanding climate in a more in a deeper way and i guess the other the other thing about sound work is you know you're essentially a storyteller and you're trying as a storyteller you're trying to kind of create connections between people the people that you represent in your shows and also the listener and and I think that's what, you know, all good media really does. It helps create these connections between people. And, I again, I think this is a really important thing to think about in terms of the, the climate crisis. How do we create, how do we push back against the, the theory of separation that we're all just, you know, individuals buzzing around and it doesn't matter what anybody else does, that we're not all kind of together in this one great big boat and tied to one another, that we're all deeply, deeply connected. And, um, and I think media can, can help um, bring that, make that connection sort of more visible or, or more present. So, so I guess they're the, they're the, they're the 
you know, key ideas that I think around sort of sound and climate and how they you know, connect to, to one another. Can nature tell us things? Well, everything really speaks, doesn't it? You know, from a piece of machinery that's got little scratches on it that tells you of its past attempts to repair it, um, you know, to a library book that you borrow that kind of might open on a particular scene that lots of people have read or reread. I think everything in this world uh, in hands, hands tell a, an incredible story, faces tell stories of of who we are and where we've been and the things that have happened to objects. And so certainly nature tells us things, you know, um, mass extinction tells us that our world is changing very seriously at the moment. And, um, but again, all these things happen all the time, but it's uh, what, what matters is whether we're actually listening or not. So yes, everything speaks, but whether we listen to everything is, a, is another point altogether. Could you explain the difference between personal and collective climate change? Well, personal action, you know, really is is action within your own personal space, which is mainly achieved through lifestyle and, um, you know, consumer choices. Uh, I think it's uh, whereas collective action you think of as having an impact on other people, of working with other people in, in in the world, um, so collective action is more facing outwards. I think, um, you know, when I think of climate action, I think of climate action within my personal space, within my community and within the world, the, the greater world. So where where does your capacity for impact or where's, what's your sphere of influence and working within your sphere of influence? I think it's quite an interesting question because there's been a lot of focus on individual action as a key response to climate change. And one of the criticisms of that is it's kind of making the consumer, you know, the end, the buck stops it with the consumer that it's down to one little person and whether they take their cloth bag to the supermarket, if, if the world's going to kind of collapse and, you know, that, that engenders a lot of guilt and a lot of bad feeling and a lot of kind of emotional stuff that really shouldn't be there. Cause it's, we are in systems that we're very, you know, virtually impossible to break that are kind of, you know, helping to shape our consumer choices. Um, uh, and, but I do think there's something deeply valuable about personal action more from the perspective of actually coming to terms with the, 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 depth and the magnitude of the problem it's like kind of practice-based research in some ways that when you start trying to use less power and really thinking about your emissions you know you're going through a process and really understanding how difficult it is say for politicians Um, but it's also you're trying to kind of um, push back I guess against cognitive dissonance when you believe one thing and you're doing another you know I and and which I think is is very damaging and also we we you know complain about politicians and that sort of stuff but we we you know we need to to try and um reduce the level of our own hypocrisy as well before as you know in addition to asking other people to so I think there's a really strong place for personal action um but ultimately it doesn't really 
you know, kind of do so much. I mean, people do notice you going to the supermarket with your cloth bags and it, it you know, behaviors actually get normalized. Um, and that, you know, that is this sort of slow undercurrent of change happening. Um, but collective action, when we face outwards and start thinking, um, you know, uh, about working with our working with the community around us and trying to help people who maybe are not so well placed um, to you know to to take on personal action in terms of climate change. So that five thousand dollars you might spend on some induction stove might actually be more effectively spent in terms of emission reduction by giving you know on on solar panels for some neighbors who can't afford it you know you'd be you know making more of an impact that way but i think there's a snowball effect to action as well and so whereas when you know you you you, you and, and where you know we do these elections and we spit out stuff into the world and you've got no idea where it's where it's going and and in my last show i had a really beautiful moment um i was interviewing you know i, I spoke to a woman about her own personal action and she ended up going to being participating in a climate change forum with the local council so she had a speech and she had her five minutes in front of council to talk about um you know how she felt about climate change and that we really needed to declare a climate emergency you know and 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 that was it but then someone you know six months later someone was reading through all the transcripts of all the presentations at this conference and they found her presentation. They found themselves sort of stand, sitting there and crying and being deeply moved by this woman's story. And then that person goes, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, had an epiphany themselves in terms of climate and that deep emotional connection. And they went on to do things. So I think, you know, that's, that's, there, there, is, there is so much power within collective action and we're not really, again, it's his story of separation. We're not... Um, you know, we're, 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 we're not told to, to face collective social community kind of spaces as much as we are told to go out and achieve and make money and be successful and be a star and be a hero. I mean, that's one of the key differences between personal action and collective action. And personal action follows this narrative like, yeah, you can be a hero and change the world and which is not really realistic, even though that's what we see in our movies all the time. And, you know, that's what, you know, narrative structure is all about, the individual within society. Whereas really change happens through broader collective action, um, through many people working together, but it just doesn't make us an exciting story. And, you know, it doesn't have some big hunky muscly guy in the middle of it, you know. So, um, but that's but that's really how to be more effective. Um, but I think they're both. They're both a part of all the things that we need to do and to think of different layers of our sphere of influence and, 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 and work across all three of them. So tell us about the sound work close to home that you made. Okay, well, Close to Home is um, a substantial piece of work. It's a 48-minute uh, radio documentary or, or podcast or, you know, sound work or whatever you want to call it these days. Um, it's really about asking what's stopping us from connecting with the issue of climate change because we know like 80% of people 
actually say in surveys that it's a serious problem. But yet, you know, our emissions are still going up and, and collectively we're just not doing enough. So um, the, the piece is in lots of ways an investigation of this this question and, you know, what happens or, um, you know, like what, what can happen when we make an emotional connection to climate change? Because I think a lot of us go, yep, this is really terrible. This is, you know, we really need to do something about it and then, you know, move on to, you know, the next sort of media thing that's going on. Um, you know, but what what is it that makes us, um, you know, what happens when we make a personal connection to it, like have some kind of epiphany or is sometimes referred to as a, a head-cracking moment when you go, oh, my God, you know, like this is, this is real and this is happening and collapses on the cards and, you know, this is the most serious thing humanity could, you know, possibly face and we've got to do something about it. So it's really, it's an investigation of that and it's a bit of a personal story and it's a kind of a mashup of all sorts of, you know, science and philosophy and psychology trying to sort of seek answers for this question and, um, you know, rolled in with a bit of observational storytelling of, 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 our, sta- of our little town's story of um, declaring a climate emergency and, you know, how action kind of travels. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, I guess it's also really quite personal. For me, it was a way of, you know, I really wanted to express that bizarre feeling of like life just tumbling along as if it's normal, but all this really terrible stuff is happening and, and trying to find ways in sound to, to capture that feeling and, um, you know, open the box on it and have a look what's inside. Yeah, well, look, it's, it certainly is the, the most important thing that, you know, issue that we have to tackle in our lives. But I, I think that a lot of people don't realise that. But well, what is, is there one main thing that you were hoping to achieve? Um, well, yeah, it's an interesting question that, um, of, of course, well, well I, I suppose I, I just really, you know, want to play my part. Uh, within the whole of this and I I guess I stand by that thing I tell my kids of you can't change other people but you can change your response to other people that for sure I would I would love for us to stay under you know um, global warming of two degrees and you know be able to have some kind of impact but I don't it's that's not a goal I can have for myself because it's a goal that is so completely out of my hands. But a goal that is within my hands is that I can I can try really hard. I can give my heart and soul into something, and my kids can see that I give my heart and soul into something, and that I care about it. And in some ways, that's my that's my goal to do the best that I can. And I, but I guess in in terms of my work, and I've I've thought about this. I've and and I am straying into this area of advocacy in terms of my documentary work and a space that I haven't really occupied fully before. But probably the same thing with all of my work that if that if my work can touch someone and make them feel something and to to develop a connection, then that's kind of enough for me, I suppose. 
to for a few people to feel deeply moved and affected by my work i would be pretty pretty happy with that and you know yeah and with, in relation to everything else sort of doing my bit within my own home within my community and and within the world so my work is about my radio work my sound work is about trying to you, you know put put positive stuff out there into the world that that has a potential to create change but whether it does or not i you know that's not up to me you know ultimately why do you think it is that listening to nature has such a caring effect on people well we're actually hardwired to respond to nature and the the sounds of nature um i think it's it's like deep within our psychology and physiology and and as you know you know we progress and develop culturally much faster than we do physically so our brains are still really very much ancient brains um but i think i think there is uh, and i you know and i think it's very important to listen to nature and develop our connections with nature particularly as the idea and power of nature becomes much more scary and less benign and more threatening and and that that it's going that it's sort of pushing us away that we need to step closer to it and develop you know um reconnect with nature in ways that we've we've lost in you know modern um late capitalist society but i think um when we listen and we listen to nature listening is is one of those spaces where you can hear a multiplicity of events happening at one time, like no other medium can express everything going on. And when we listen, we listen from ourselves and we are the centre of this universe. And you go out into the forest, into the bush, by the creek, and you hear all these sounds and you hear yourself as part of a beautiful, big, amazing web of life and ecosystem and I think it gives a very important sense of of belonging and feeling apart and which are all really important things to feel as we you know face this this problem of of climate change and and I think listening to has this element of mindfulness of of actually being completely within the moment and taking that joy of the moment and where we are and how lucky we are to be standing here and able to listen to this at that time. You know, the past and the future go on forever, but the moment is so precious and and fleeting that we need to give it due attention before it becomes something else. Yeah, well, there's a lot of like yoga classes or meditation classes that they they will play music of of nature and I I suppose in a way even in lockdown you you didn't have to actually go out for a walk in the bush you could just actually listen listen to the music and all the sounds and I think that um that actually would encourage people to go and hear the real thing as well wouldn't it well, you you hope so, and and you hope that people listen and realize that there's you know this is another another mind in the universe. These are these are other creatures um, that have a life and a culture and relationships and all of that sort of thing as well. 
Um, yes, I, I think I think it is really important to listen to pre-recorded sounds of nature, um, but that you you know you don't want to just be doing that sort of armchair like listening to world music and going and sucking up other cultures and thinking that you know it all and and trivialising things that are really important um, as for your kind of listening pleasure, you know, listening to, you know, amazing sacred songs that change the earth and then, you know, just as you're having a cup of tea, uh, it just, um, sorry, I've forgotten your question a bit, but, yeah, sorry, what it was about. Um, oh, we're just sort of encouraging people to maybe start off listening um, yeah, uh, uh, to a recording, and then they could think, "Oh, wow, that's just that's just so lovely!" Like you know, hearing hearing those birds and everything. And then it it may encourage people to actually go out and and um, seek the real thing out in the bush and listen to listen to wild birds or or a babbling brook. Certainly, I think anything that can encourage us to to listen and open our hearts and minds to anything that's beyond our own belly buttons is a really positive and, and special thing to do. Uh, one of the programs that I've made as part of Endgame, uh, the creative sound work project thing that I'm working on, um, I went out with, um, I've, uh, we did a show on Andrew Skiok, who is a bioacoustic recordist. So he goes out and records environments and they're really, really amazing and powerful um, because, like I said, you can hear a whole ecosystem in your, in your headphones. Um, and we talked to him about being able to listen to changes in, of climate within the natural landscape. And it was quite interesting because during lockdown, uh, there were many more birds and animals started to kind of pipe up and be more prevalent within the soundscape. You know, I mean, remembering that I'm up here in the bush, in um, in you know, rural Victoria, uh, just because of the lack of lack of noise and sound pollution that's around. But a really chilling story that he had was he's recorded all these beautiful, incredible environments in Gippsland, and the fires of um 2019 just swept through there and. Those are silent landscapes now. And when you listen to the piece and just the juxtaposition between listening to a healthy, live, vibrant ecology to knowing that now that space is silent or near silent, it's a very, very stark way of, way of understanding the impacts of climate change. Yeah, it certainly certainly is. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't already covered? Um, well, I suppose I haven't really spoken so much about Endgame. So in Endgame being this creative sound work, non-fiction sound work, although that sounds kind of pretentious, but it's really hard because you can't call it radio and it's not really podcasting. So, but what we're, what my collaborator and I, Rob Law, who's a composer and also very much into climate, um, have been doing is trying to collect and, and tell these, make little kind of uh, like, aud- like audio films, I suppose, about try and pretty much based in our local um, community, but also trying to make those connections between the big and little things of climate 
which I think is very important for us all to to begin to relate more deeply to the issue. And um, yeah, so all our all our stories are around local staff and are around um, climate, and they're all sort of seeking to use sound in in creative ways to to help us sort of feel and experience. And and the, and the focus of the project is on the internal emotional side of climate change because I think that's really you know much more interesting than the science and the facts and the figures and you know the devastating uh, statistics that keep coming in. I think what's interesting about climate is 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 ourselves and how difficult it is to struggle to kind of come to deal with it and then you know, to look into the darkness and but not fall in, you know, to see the light but not go running towards it um, and losing, you know, your grip on the rest of the re- the world. Um, yeah, so it's, it was, it's a project that's really trying to, to deal with all the or, or grapple with or make sense of uh, the messy, dark human side of climate change and our attitude towards it. Yeah, for sure. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much for coming onto the program today. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. And I've been speaking with Kyla Brettel about sound and climate. That's all we have time for today. And do stay tuned for Dinosaur Prize Surprise.